With me today to talk about some of the events from 2018 and to provide more detail and an outlook on what we're seeing from global asset classes is Portfolio Manager and Head of Global Developed Markets, Louis Stassen. Welcome, Louis, and thanks very much for joining me today. Thank you. The sell-off in the global equity markets in December last year was the worst end to a year in the last 45 years. The MSC All Country Index was down close to 13% for that last quarter, and many equity markets officially entered uh, bear market territory with declines of about 20% from previous highs. Is it in any way possible to say where we are in the global market cycle at the moment? No, not with any degree of conviction. Unfortunately, it isn't. And, and hindsight is always a perfect science. But I think the thing that probably occupied investors' minds mostly in the fourth quarter was the fact that you had a greater sensitivity towards future global growth prospects. And that came on the back of an inverted yield curve that we saw in the U.S. for a short period of time. And obviously that set the cat amongst the pigeons in terms of people worrying about the next recession being even around the corner in 2019, otherwise early 2020. Having had such a great period of economic expansion in the U.S. in particular, that is the thing that probably worries investors the most over and above the obvious worries around trade wars and so on. That worry or that concern was then compounded by weakening numbers seen out of China and more and more concern on whether China would be able to reflate themselves out of the this sort of slight slump that the, from economic perspective they're finding themselves into. And those two factors, as I said, almost came together and then it was exacerbated by worries about trade wars and so on as well. In terms of the actual economic cycle, we don't think that we are entering, or we're certainly not close to a recession in the U.S., However, things are slowing down, and we're starting to see that coming through in company reports as well. People are finding it tougher to maintain uh, margins. And that's probably the point around margins probably brings us back to valuation levels, because we are in actually in quite attractive valuation levels, certainly at the end of December, after the sell-off that you've referred to. However, we must recognize that U.S. profit margins, corporate margins are quite high. And that is something that we spend a lot of time in terms of our stocks that we hold in the portfolio to think hard about their ability to maintain and sustain their current profit margins. If you look at the multi-asset class funds, which is probably the best way of showing our best investment view case on the different opportunities amongst global assets at the moment, how are you currently positioned and where are you trying to take advantage of return opportunities? So in the fourth quarter, we saw almost a synchronized sell-off led by the U.S., so the U.S. underperformed the rest of the world. And uh, it's therefore no surprise that we actually marginally increased our exposure to the U.S. And we did it especially in areas where we felt the market was punishing longer growth stories because they were concerned about shorter, short-term concerns around growth. And, and those are areas like IT. Uh, so Spotify is a good example where we actually increased our exposure quite significantly to the stock. And that was, a, in our opinion, an indiscriminate sell-off. We still think the longer-term growth prospects are there, but the market wasn't prepared to give it the benefit of the doubt because it's a long-duration stock. So we've done it at the margin a couple of other places as well. So we're currently sitting in Global Manage, for instance, which has got a 60% equity benchmark, and where we were sort of into the sell-off sitting around 40 55, 56% exposure. We've upped that marginally. We're now very close to the 60%. 
we do have to watch very carefully the cyclical element of the growth cycle and we wouldn't be scared to go back to below neutral again should we feel that the risks have increased. In Global Capital Plus, again, similar story, we sort of went from about 26% exposure to equities and we're currently sitting around 30% and we've also marginally increased property by a percent or so. And then within the equity portfolio itself, so just looking at the individual shares that we choose to buy, what are you seeing as your most attractive ideas at the moment? So as I've said before, during the sell-off, we certainly saw some opportunities in the longer growth duration stocks. So stocks like Spotify, Google, Amazon are stocks that we marginally increased our exposure to, and we've got a healthy exposure to that sector because we do believe that the market underestimates their ability to continue growing well ahead of market prospects. Another area that we have spoken about before and written about before as well, and it's an area that's caused us lots of pain in the short term has been the tobacco sector. So we still have about an 11% exposure to tobacco. And there really, the investment thesis for us is about the fact that the market underestimates the short-term cash flow that will come out of that sector. And the market is clearly very worried about disruption in that sector as a result of greater FDA scrutiny and potential regulatory changes to the way in which cigarettes and then e-cigarettes and new forms of cigarettes and tobacco consumption will be consumed and will be sold and distributed. What about the exposure to emerging markets? Emerging markets had a very good 2017, but a very tough 2018. Yes, we have increased our exposure to emerging markets, uh, especially during the course of the year especially into China. We find, again, that despite the rhetoric and the headline news about China not being great, we again think that there are a lot of opportunities in the Chinese internet space, for instance, where, again, we think the runway for growth is better than the market would anticipate and would discount and give them credit for. So we have increased our exposure. And then in the fourth quarter, we saw that the developed markets actually selling off marginally more than the emerging markets, which would have been a, was a surprise given the concerns around global growth. So we have temporarily paused that increase to the emerging market exposure in favor of more developed market stocks. But we're currently sitting around 11% of emerging market domiciled stocks in the portfolio, as I said, predominantly into China. And then on a see-through basis, we're probably around 16 17% in terms of economic exposure to emerging markets. And then the big burning question that we're getting from investors repeatedly is, is there room for active management in global equities anymore? We've seen massive rise in passive, always talking about the low fees, and we've seen the big stocks drive returns. Um, what would what would you say are the long-term prospects for, for active managers and investors who choose to, to follow? It's obviously a very relevant question, especially after a very tough 2018 for active managers. So it is a fair question to ask. We think we are in the latest stages of an economic upcycle, expansion cycle, which meant that a lot of momentum has been driving this market as people have gotten onto the bandwagon of economic expansion. We do think as you enter a normalization phase that active managers will come into their own again. If we look at our portfolio, we are very excited about the stocks that we own in the portfolio and the potential upside we see for those stocks. And therefore, we still, as always, on the front foot with regard to active management, but very mindful of the fact that in the shorter term, often stories are being driven by momentum flows and and fund flows into passive strategies. 
So the way we are trying to implement and trying to change our process slightly is to be a little bit more hawkish around the momentum stories and therefore be a little bit more careful when we introduce what we would consider to be a value situation into the portfolio and probably introduce it in smaller steps into the portfolio. And then to wrap up, you can choose only three things that you would put down as what would keep you up at night. How would you frame that in your portfolios and portfolio context? I think the first one is an obvious one, and that's to say how are our stock positions geared towards the outlook for economic growth? And as I said, at the moment, that outlook for economic growth is slightly more murky. So I think we need to be more certain than before that these stocks will continue to perform, operationally perform reasonably well without the tailwind of economic expansion. So there's a lot of emphasis going into that and a lot of worry about what would happen to individual stock positions and individual income statements in the event of a sudden economic slowdown. I think the second one that sort of links into that a little bit is just your point that you started off this discussion about where are we in the economic cycle and it's very clear that if we have a very sudden abrupt slowdown globally that risky assets around the world are going to sell off more than what we've seen so far so it's something one's got to watch as i said the way to try and cater for that would be to try and have exposure to stocks that hopefully will perform better in that slowdown have more robust economic operational models And then the third one is the, I suppose, the inevitable trade war discussion that we haven't really touched on much here. But that's really the left field idea where things come off the rails because of some absurd and illogical political actions and responses. And it's something that a year ago we probably wouldn't have given a high probability to. And now it is real and one's got to watch it. We do think sanity will prevail, but it is something one's got to watch because it is... It is the known unknown at this stage of the negotiations. But uh, I suppose if I were to sum up what you're saying is we're aware, acutely aware of the risks, paying close attention to them. But at this point in time, given the material sell-off we've seen in asset classes, some interesting stock ideas that we're seeing in the portfolio, we do believe there's great return opportunity that's available to investors at the moment. Absolutely. And we see it in the way in which the portfolio, the fair value for individual stocks on a pro rata basis in the portfolio has gone up, or the fair value upside has gone up significantly during the sell-off. And you also see it in the way in which we have increased our exposure to risky assets during this sell-off as well. Thank you very much, Lee. 